Sherm Chester, and this time joined by special guest, Coach Jim Tufts and Coach Bill Taylor. <laughs> well, gentlemen, uh, special season upon us here. Blue Hawk Nation's locked and loaded for the state tournament action. Um, just about all the sports this fall, the boys and the girls and unified soccer will be going into the tournament, field hockey, volleyball, and soon football. Before we go that far, let's just stick with those ones, the first ones I mentioned. And uh, I want to start off with you, Coach Tufts. Now, having been the boys soccer coach for years, um, how do you adjust your focus for the playoffs? Do you, what, what's the secret sauce there? Well, you start to, to zone in on a team. You know, you start to say, okay, this is our next, instead of being a journey and you've, you know, you've got two games that week and got to do a little bit for this and a little bit for that, now you know it's specific. You know, Pinkerton's coming to town, you've played them, you know what they're going to do, you really isolate on them and you don't think about down the line. Mm -hmm. Think about just, we got one big game and, and you can start to, to really concentrate on them and what you want to do just with them and not, not a bigger picture, but a specific picture. Boys and girls, boys are seated a little lower than the, the, the ladies, the ladies on top of the heap. Yep. And uh, perfect season, on. undefeated <laughs> season, and they, and they earned it. So <laughs> who has a bigger bullseye on their back going into the tournament? Oh, Meg's got one every year. <laughs> you know, Meg's just done such a great job with that program. And, uh, Everybody measures by her, mm -hmm. and uh, in the in the state of soccer and within the coaching ranks at Exeter High School, you know you just want to build your program as well as she has, um, and so uh, I think she wears the target 24/7. Um, you know, Danny's Danny's had a great year, and and his boys have had a great year, and they actually were tied for the so the three, four, and five were tied, mm -hmm. and the tiebreaker he came out in the middle on the the four spot. Um, and that was a great regular season. Um, but, uh, you know, Pickerton's a, a traditional rival, and, uh, you know, winner will probably get Hanover, which is another traditional rival. And uh, so, you know, they're, they're thinking about just Kerry Bowles and the Pickerton Astros coming to town. One at a time, basically. One at a time. Wyndham, Tops, Redford, and Portsmouth will be going at it. Exeter against Pinkerton, Hanover conquered. Nashville South taking on Spalding, and then Coach, why don't you take over that bottom end of the bracket? Memorial <laughs> and Winnicott, <laughs> North and Londonderry, and Central and BG. Okay, well, that's going to be and, an interesting tourney. And I've seen almost every one of those teams uh, through officiating or watching this year, and uh, there's seven or eight teams there who could win. Um, Eric Martins at Portsmouth's done a great job bringing that back, and Nick Rose got a good club down there, and um, so there's. There's centrals. There's some very, very good teams, and that's not a gimme. Not a gimme. Isn't it interesting to me? <clears throat> Wyndham is a new addition to has been a new addition in the past couple of years to Division One. Correct. And yet, you look and Wyndham is the top of the heap in boys. I know they're in the top four in field hockey. Uh, I assume. I know they're doing really well in football. Uh, I assume, or, uh, I don't know about girls soccer with Wyndham, but I do know that they obviously have a good program over there. Great, great, great uh, yeah. tradition. Um, you know, if you look, I think their baseball team of, in Division Two went 
two or three years unbeaten. Hockey team won Division Two before they moved up. Um, so Mike Hashi uh, is the head coach over there. Does a great job. He played at Pinkerton himself and and played collegiately, and he does a great job. And uh, that, not a surprise. They're they're big, strong. Again, athletically and tradition. That's a, a community with great athletic tradition across the board. So you know you got multi-sport athletes who are used to having success, and that's the norm. So uh, they're a good club. Very Let's good take club. a look at the, the girls' bracket. A bye for the top two teams, Exeter's Blue Hawks in the, I guess, northern tier, we'll call it, in the southern tier, Portsmouth Clippers. Um, I'll go back to you, Coach uh, Tufts. What do you think uh, the, so, road, the road to get to the finals? Um, so they're, you know, the girls' program isn't quite as deep. In other words, you could say seven or eight teams in Division One boys have a legitimate chance, and I don't think that's quite the same in the in the girls' side. And it's kind of fun because Exeter and Portsmouth both had great success all season, but they weren't on each other's schedule, mm -hmm. and so no one ever got to measure that. Uh, they both kind of went along and had great success, and. You know, uh, best case scenario is we see them in the finals mm. together. Wow. Um, because uh, again, Portsmouth women's athletics, mm -hmm. you know, you go lacrosse, soccer, basketball, uh, field hockey. Um, you, you know, the tradition is, mm. the, is, the expectation is excellence. And it's across the board. And uh, so uh, that'd be great to see a Portsmouth Exeter final. Yeah, it would be. And we're, we're pulling for that, but like you say, on a given day, you've got to focus yeah. on the team you're going to play. So that first yeah. matchup will be an important one. Let's go to field hockey. Now, I'm going to ask you a question about field hockey because you officiated field hockey in the past, but let's go to the brackets. When it kind of will be uh, taking on Dover and the Blue Hawk ladies will be taking on Wyndham. Deb Grot seems to have the, the team fine-tuned and ready to go. Any input on what you've seen there? Or? Well, the big thing you've got to remember in field hockey and I don't know if this is true in soccer, but it's a big difference. It's a different game on turf than it is on grass. Mm -hmm. And when you play on turf in field hockey, that ball moves. Yeah, it's quick. And when you play on grass, at times it doesn't. So I think Exeter has an advantage because they're used to playing on turf. Mm -hmm. Uh, where Winnicunit, I believe, just plays on grass. Correct, as does Wyndham. Yeah. However, so many of the girls play club right. that they're on turf a great deal. And I, and I think Wyndham-Exeter was last year's final. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you've got a semifinal where Exeter came out on top of Wyndham last year, and who knows what plays into that. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, Coach Grott, just you know, she yeah. does such a great job with those she does. with that program. And, and you know, the thing with Eli, you can't leave out Eli, uh, who's who's you know been her assistant associate, and they really uh, they play great. The thing with Coach Grott is, when you talk to her, you don't know if her team is undefeated or if her team hasn't won a game because mm -hmm. she is so even keeled, and I think that translates to the way the girls play. 
They play even keel. They know what they need to do, and they go out and execute. Yep. And uh, an outstanding coach, but one of the nicest people you'd ever want to meet. I wanted to ask you, uh, and, and Coach Tufts, about the uh, officiating. Give me some nuances of, of uh, the game. Well, I primarily did middle school. Uh, where coaches, you are at the high school level. Yeah, high school and prep school, yeah. yeah. Uh, so there's a big difference. Middle school, they're learning the game, and you want them, you want to call enough so that the game is fairly officiated, mm -hmm. but you don't want to be whistle happy right. because they need to run and play and hit and yeah, you're being instructional. Correct. Okay, okay. And that's the difference, I think, at the levels. Uh, would you agree, Jim? Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and Jim, now, when it comes to regular season versus tournament time, do the officials tweak it up a bit, or is uh, it just saying? They, they try to let the athletes settle the game. Mm -hmm. they, they don't want to be, they don't want to be the reason that a game goes in either direction. So you, you try and let, the, the athletes play a little bit and um, not not swallow the whistle, but but not be um, not over officiate. Here's one thing that always bugged me, and I don't in soccer during the regular season. How many officials are there? So it's two primarily. Okay. Now a school can request to have a third. Okay and if they're willing to pay it. So it kind of becomes a money thing. Yeah. So um, I would say 90% of the games regular season are two officials. And in the tournament? Two until the semis. Okay. In basketball, all season long, we went with two officials. Right. And then the tournament would come. The triangle. And even mm -hmm. it was three. And sometimes I felt you know, I mean, both when I was assistant and when I was ahead, that some officials felt they weren't doing their job if they didn't blow the whistle enough. You always enjoy getting experienced officials. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Good answer. Like always, you yeah. always yeah. enjoyed. Yes. And, and you could often say, I, I would kind of look at who has showed up on a day and say, fellas, this is their tendency, and if you don't want to be on their radar, mm. don't be grabbing a shirt, don't mm. be giving right. them your editorial comment, right. Right. don't you know, get the ball and hand it to them uh, instead of knocking it away. And you know, just as we as coaches start to sort of get a reputation or a style, mm -hmm. officials, mm. Officials, you know, some are players' officials, some are coaches' officials, some well, are, you know. So one thing you don't want to have a coach say, "Oh no, it's <laughs> fill in the blank." Don't want to be that guy. <laughs> you don't hear it often, no. you know. But once in a while, especially in the old days, and we go back a ways, some of the some of the officials, whatever the sport was, they had character. So <laughs> let's put it that way. I um, think one. And I said this to somebody the other day, and this is a sort of historical perspective. Back in the 70s and the 80s, schools hired officials. Yes. Mm -hmm. So uh, if I were an official, 
I would get, the athletic director would call me up and we would book games. Mm. Now it's an arbor, which is much more fair because when you were hiring officials, occasionally there was that call that always went the home team's way mm -hmm. because that official wanted to go back there. Oh, and they, were, they knew that if the head coach or the AD didn't want to see him, they might not go back to that venue. And so the arbiter has really, I think, improved officiating because you're not indebted to a yeah, school. Yeah, you're not seeing the same face over and over and over Correct. and over Correct, and, and my, my calls are not going to affect whether or not I go back to that school. Gotcha. And so I think the I said this to somebody the other day, when we went to the arbiter and the officials uh, designated, uh, had an official who was making the assignments, the officiating improved. Mm. And, and you know something? I, <laughs> I was going to ask you about that. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I was just thinking, that there, and I, I'm primarily talking about basketball because I'm up close with the officials. You have officials that really enjoy coming to a, a venue. That's a good thing, too. I mean, yes. sure. at, at yeah. Exeter High School, we're lucky. I mean, they, they know they're going to have a good contest. Yep. They're not going to have a lot of free-for-all, and, and uh, they can, you know, Officiate a game. That's yeah. all they're there for. Unified soccer. The extra Blue Hawks take on Dover, and uh, Keene will be taking on Oyster River, and, and we'll have that game coming up on November 6th. I'll be there. That's a triple header that day. We have the boys, Division One, Division Two, and the Unified soccer final that day. It's a Sunday, and it'll be a busy Super Sunday. So we hope everybody will come to Bill Ball Stadium, William Ball Stadium, for the uh, tournament finals. And then we got the volleyball. Coach Kate. Has got the Blue Hawks uh, going up against Concord, and uh, take a look at that bracket. Bed Bedford got the seed, and uh, Hollis Brookline uh, taking the Southern Tier seed. But I'll tell you this: what a great fall at Exeter High School. I know. <laughs> well, I, I was just going to say we we were lucky enough. Uh, You're looking at a lowest seed being a four. Mm. The coaching staffs at Exeter, uh, and, and 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 any school, but great coaching staffs lead the great programs, and and. I, Results here, obviously, with the Blue Hawks this year, but you know, with Coach Grott, uh, Megan, Dan, uh, Coach Kate, uh, I'm leaving somebody out probably, but Coach Ball. Uh, well, Coach I'm going to go there. Let's go there. Uh, we don't have any uh, idea where we'll be in the tournament. We're going to be in the season. football tournament. Tournament, but where? Where I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I think you mentioned about coaching staffs, and I think I don't know if you. I think you would agree with this, Jim thing is, Exeter, because of the leading by the administration, allows coaches to coach. Mm -hmm. You don't have to worry about, okay, Jimmy's parents are all upset because he didn't play, and Susie's parents are, you know, mad because uh, they're not getting, yeah, they're getting time, playing yeah. time. But <clears throat> they let coaches coach. And they have faith in them, and consequently, you find that coaching staffs don't turn over very much. And I, and I think that's what makes Exeter stand out, is you look at the consistency of name it in the sport, mm. that, that people enjoy coaching there, enjoy working for the administration, enjoy the, the 
um, enthusiasm and commitment of the athletes. Mm -hmm. And so they stay. And so, you know, you're, you're sort of, if you've only been there 20 years, you're a young coach. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I used to, we used to coach against soccer teams where it was a different coach every year. And guess yeah. what? They were the teams that didn't make the tournament. Mm -hmm. But, you know, coaches, because they have the support of the administration and they make the commitment, the kids make the commitment, and the consistency is, one of my favorite stories was a guy named Jimmy Stevenson was at Central. So they get off the bus at the old school by the SST and they walk by football, and they walk by field hockey, and they get the back corner where we are. And he gets there and he says, Jimmy, how many kids play sports in the school? <laughs> and I said, well, probably this fall is probably around 500. He goes, we got 500 in detention at Central. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, it's cool to be a student athlete. Right. And, and you're respected, and that respect starts at the top, starts mm -hmm. right at the, you know, the principals that we've had, the athletic directors, Cass and Billy. And so it's cool to be a student athlete, and you do. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's a great place that when... When that athletic director, people say all the time, who's going to be the athletic director? And I said, there will be more candidates than you could ever imagine because <laughs> it's the best job in the world. Some days. Yeah, yeah some days. <laughs> right, yes. right. I want to get back to the football. Um, as we wrap up the season, senior night against Manchester Memorial, the Crusaders, we don't know who our opponent in the, in the tournament will be. But just from what you've seen, uh, with the Blue Hawks, and, and, and you know, from your vantage point, um, is there anybody that you'd prefer to see us play, or you know, see see us play later on the in the tourney? Or well, you know what, I'm of the belief that if you are going to be the champion in your sport, you have to play whoever is in front of you, mm -hmm. and it really doesn't matter when you play them. If you play them right off, or if you play them later. Mm -hmm. You're going to prepare the same way. You're going to get your kids, you're going to share your scouting reports. You're going to, you know, talk about your opposition. You can't be looking, you said it earlier, you have to take it one game at a time. Mm -hmm. You can't be looking down the road and say, oh, what is Londonderry going to be like? Right. Or what is Nashua uh, North, North yeah. going to yeah. be like? you have to hone in on who you were playing. Mm -hmm. And I know, because I coach with Coach Paul, I know that he's got them thinking of strictly Memorial mm -hmm. and no one else. Right. They don't care who they're playing the following week. They just want to get Friday. Go out there, play to the best of their ability on Friday, and they should come home with a win. I, I saw probably one of the best football games uh, in a long time. I mean, talk about a slobber knocker, the game between Nashua North and Bishop Girton. And North, I mean, had about a minute on the clock, give or take, and the kid threw a bomb to his wide receiver. I think that was the kid's third touchdown for the, for the game. Uh, I, I really don't remember what the final score was, but it was, it was like 35-28, I believe, something around that. But what a game. And, I mean, those were two teams that were like heavyweight fighters slugging mm -hmm. it out. I, I, I would just say one of those two teams, 
I'd love to see the Blue Hawks go up against. They're, if you're going to go, go after the best. You know, yeah, take I, on the best. You know, I. That's what I think. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I have no idea who they're going to play in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. I don't know right. where we're going to finish. I would say the worst we can be still is nine. Will I don't think that will get us a home seed in the first round. But again, there are a bunch of teams that we have the same record. You know, our records are the same. Mm -hmm. And it all depends on their seeding as to home and, and away and all that stuff. We're talking about coaching staffs. Uh, I want to congratulate the class of 2022 in the Hall of Fame for the NHIAA. Coach Skip Swazinski. Oh, nice. Yep. Oh, that's Excellent. Great. Coach that's, is, that's awesome. is going to be put into the hall. That's awesome. Yeah, well-deserved, well-deserved. Yes. One other note before we get off schoolboy and schoolgirl sports, I just want to mention that the leader for the championship, what we hope is a, a string of, of championships, uh, this year, obviously the Exeter golf team, what a season, 27-0 mm -hmm. in the regular season, and just dominated not only in the tournament play for the state title, but also in the individual play. So uh, congratulations to Coach Bailey and all the team, and we are going to get those guys on. And let's go to the pros. Uh, okay, where do you guys sit on this uh, zappy thing? Did Bill Belichick create a, a conundrum there by doing what he did? What, what, Who's going to read Bill Belichick's mind? Yeah. <laughs> I watched his press conference after the game, and I mean, he was very, uh, well, his usual self, certainly self-questioning. You have two young quarterbacks who can complement each other. You don't have that Vinny Testaverde or some old-timer you drag out of the retirement home to, to be your backup quarterback. You've got two qualified young quarterbacks. I think they were told that they were both going to play in the first half. Mm -hmm. Here's my thing. Here's my take, and I watched the game. I finally gave up on it at the end, but there was only like two minutes and something left. It was simple. Our quarterbacks, Zappi and Jones, are young. Mm -hmm. They are learning how to be professional quarterbacks. Right. The worst thing that ever could have happened, happened. Jones was booed off the field when he threw the interception. Right. And then Zappi came in. The thing is, Mac Jones is an outstanding player. Mm -hmm. He showed it last year. Zappi is too. But they are young quarterbacks. They are not finished products Correct. like Tom Brady, like Aaron Rodgers, like Mahomes is now. They need to learn the professional game and their reads. The reason we lost is that they tried to do too much. That's when Jones threw the interception. Instead of either keeping the ball and running or throwing it out of bounds, or Zappi, all of a sudden, after getting the Patriots back into the game, they had a turnover. But the defense couldn't get Chicago off the field. How many mm -hmm. third set, downs? Set a record. Did they, yeah. How many third downs did, did they convert? I, I was, think it was, it was on a stat this morning on ESPN. I think it was 11 out of yeah. 14, which was the most ever. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and some of them were mm -hmm. outrageous amount of yards. 
I mean, 25 yards at one time, and Fields runs it for 20, 26, and they get a first down. So to me, then Zappi decided he's got to take the game on his shoulders, and he isn't there yet. He might never get there, or he might. I don't know. But I thought the worst thing that ever could have happened is for Jones to be booed and then replaced. Shift gears. Um, what about the Celtics? 3-0 to start, and then all of a sudden they play the, the lowly Bulls and get whacked. Well, honestly, I didn't watch the Bulls game, so I don't know because I was watching football. Right, I was too. Uh, <laughs> I watched the Celtics. Did you? Yeah, and they put up 42 <laughs> points in the first quarter. Wow. Matt was in the other room and watched the football game, and, I, and he's a huge Celtics fan. And I said, Matty, they just put up 42 <laughs> points in the first quarter, and then they laid an egg. Am I correct, though? Did, did they get hammered? Didn't they get hammered on the backboards? I think so. Vucevic had 23 rebounds. Yeah. Right. It's not fair to judge the Celtics right now until Robert Williams yeah, comes back. I agree. And I think they Stevens has done a good job. His different. He's got a different philosophy than Danny Ainge did. Danny Ainge was always looking at the young guys, the young guys, the young guys. Stevens said the back of our bench is going to be veterans with the Blake Griffins. People like that who no, might not the Brogdon. That was a great yeah, pickup. Brogdon is. Malcolm Brogdon was a great pickup. Yes, and, and I, I feel you know good for the young coach that was kind of thrust into the position that he got off to a good start. You know because there, there again, in Boston, everybody wants to you know get the lynch mob out as soon as they lose a couple of games in a row. And, yeah, and uh, sure. at least he bought it. Even though they had a stinker the other night against the Bulls. I fun. have a question for you, Jim, because I assume you watched the Bruins. I have. That's okay. where I was going I next. <laughs> okay. Now, the new coach, I was shocked when Cassidy was fired. But the new guy who has come in, Montgomery, seems to have them playing a little more carefree. Yep. And go, 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 go. Yep. Maybe not quite as sound defensively as... That's why they gave up seven in Ottawa. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. But how do you get a speed game in hockey? Push the puck forward as much as you can. It's just like pushing the ball up. You know, you, you get the rebound and you go. Mm. And you get the puck and you go. And uh, so I think I, I was surprised they fired Cassidy, and I'm not sure I think it was justified. And I was really happy for him to see him get back to work. Right. I think there were two real knocks that I saw. One was they were tremendously defensive oriented. So if you didn't come back and defend, you didn't play. Right. And I don't think he was great in development of young players, i.e. Jake DeBrusque wanted out mm -hmm. of town. Right. And he's flourishing now. And uh, I don't think he gave the younger kids quite as much rope. So I think there's two things. One is I think it's get the puck and go. And so the defensemen don't have to be worried about being tied to that goal. And the forwards don't have to worry about so much of, of defensive mentality. It's get the puck and go and let's, let's play in their end more than theirs. And so I think A, they're gonna have a great regular season. 
Now, B, when it comes to the playoffs, the game changes. Mm -hmm. And it becomes a little more defensive-minded. And that's where we're going to find out what the pudding is made out of. What about goalie this year? What do you think? So I think, I think, I, I think Allmark is going to really flourish into a great, a really good NHL goalie. And I think Swayman is too. But he is in his sophomore season. Mm -hmm. You know, he, put a, he gave up seven the other night in Ottawa. And, you know, I wouldn't. Cassidy might have sent him to Providence, mm -hmm. but I think that he's going to. I think he's he's going to be a legit NHL goalie too. So I think they've got two number ones, okay. and I think Swayman's going to work his way into it. You know, I think he had great promise last year. So it's that sort of sophomore slump with the, mm -hmm. you know, the quarterback, the, mm -hmm. the the shooter, that second season. So I think he's going to struggle a little bit right now, but. Come March and April, they're going to have two number ones. If people haven't been paying attention, uh, the Wildcat football team is on a roll. And in the CAA 5-0, and big win over the uh, Elon Phoenix this past weekend. And uh, now they got a bye week, so they get to just kind of rest up and get ready for the rest of the season. they got a couple of sports at UNH, and I know you're familiar with the, the men's soccer and, and uh, the women's soccer. Tournament time for them, too, coming up. Men's soccer has a huge game tonight. They're, they're at Vermont. So um, Vermont was 11-1-1 going into last weekend, and they stumbled. They lost at UMBC. Mm. Um, so they've actually got a loss in the conference. But Vermont, UNH, is the top two teams in the conference. You know, they, uh, they struggled early on trying to, to find their identity, and their out-of-league play was... 500, I think, and it was part of it was personnel. They weren't, not everybody was dressed yet. And now that there's, I think they've won nine in a row, and they're playing pretty well. But the way they do the tournaments is the highest seed hosts the semis and the finals. Mm -hmm. Playing it in Durham versus playing yeah. it in Burlington is going to be huge. Yeah, Wildcat uh, keep that place hopping. Yeah. Both the Mark guys Hubbard, and the gals. Mark Hubbard and his staff. You Just know, I haven't talked to you about this job. sport for a while, NASCAR. Who do you think is going to take the... I know who I would like to see win, be the champion as Logano. Because mm -hmm. I'm a Penske guy. I've always been a Penske fan. Mm -hmm. I'd like to see Blaney win to get, in, to get into the Final Four. Right now, it's uh, Logano's qualified. The other three are spots are open. Chastain, Chase... Elliot and William Byron. So those those are the four that are in, mm -hmm. but the other four still have a shot. And in a NASCAR playoffs are also interesting because you can be you could be out of the playoffs like Larson was, and win last win, week's win, race. Win a race. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean. They're in Martinsville. The bad thing about Martinsville is the track doesn't really encourage passing. It's diff very difficult to pass unless you use your bumper and knock somebody out of the way. So I think there's going to be a lot of hurt feelings and a lot of carnage with r torn up race cars Sunday in Martinsville. Two-minute drill time. Coach... Tough. Well, what do you got for us? Well, I, I would have gone back to UNH soccer again. Mark Hubbard and his staff done a tremendous job with that program, and part of that is, you know, they're a nationally ranked program with 
five NCAA tournaments in a row, but they're doing it with um, uh, national and international kids and New Hampshire kids. Mm -hmm. You know, he's got a couple of New Hampshire uh, freshmen in, and and he's got a couple of he's got a couple of Concord kids in a starting lineup. And you know, he, he Marcus brought that program to a, a highest level it's ever been, and he's doing it the right way. <laughs> the right way, especially if you're a New Hampshire high school right. coach or a mm -hmm. kid, you can say, I could perhaps play there. Coach. Uh, my two-minute drill is a sad one because I just learned uh, this past week we've lost two of Exeter's outstanding athletes and uh, over the years. One is Peter Williams, who was a great uh, lefty baseball pitcher and uh, was my point guard in basketball. And... Uh, a character, a great person, very intelligent. He just passed away. And the other is Marty Stoller, who was a three-sport athlete, played baseball, basketball, and football. And, uh, you know, the, the thing is, they're not forgotten by, by the true Exeter followers of Exeter Athletics. Those guys will never be forgotten. And you said they were tremendous athletes. They were tremendous people. Yes, they were. They were tremendous people. I'm going to add, add to that. Uh, we lost a tremendous teacher, but also a uh, member of the Blue Hawk Hall of Fame. Uh, when it comes to hockey, one of the one of the original coaches of the that's hockey team, Peter correct. Clark. Peter Clark was probably one of the nicest teachers, and and. The, Going back to my day as a student there, I always had respect for the man. That I, I just He was always upbeat, uh, always had time for you. And uh, I do not play hockey, so I didn't have him as a coach, <laughs> but maybe you, Coach Tufts, well, can talk about Peter. And so, so I've known Peter since I was a kid. And, and Peter Clark played, grew up here in the 60s. We both grew up in the 60s. But in the, the mid-60s, Cornell hockey was one of the premier programs in the country. And part of it was they were up near the Canadian border, and they had no Americans on the team. Peter Clark played Cornell hockey. Mm -hmm. Peter Clark was one of the few Americans who played at Cornell in the 60s. And you're talking about Kenny Dryden and some of those people. And, and uh, he, uh, so A, he was a great athlete. Uh, his dad was a, you know, a football hockey coach at Phillips Exeter and, and renowned, and Peter, great skater and, and did some time in the Peace Corps prior to teaching and then came to Exeter and, and Bert MacArthur and Jim Houston had been the foundation of Exeter High getting hockey in the late 60s and they played their first season in 68-69 with uh, uh, Denny Houston and that crew was the first team and Peter Clark uh, came on and was, was Bert had him sort of as a club program and Peter took over as the head coach and was that, that guy and um, had success in the mid-70s with Dana Barbin and Johnny Chikowski and uh, Chippy Jocelyn and the Montvilles and that crew went to the fight, went to the semis and I'm going to get in trouble if I don't mention my brother Peter, right? <laughs> um, you know, got to the semis and then got to a finals and, uh, you know, he moved up to do other things at the high school and I was very fortunate to be able to come in and, and succeed him. And, uh, 
I, I was glad when he moved up. And I was glad to move mm -hmm. over. And uh, just a great person. Mm. He was. He great was. Person. A great teacher and a, and, a, and a great coach and a member of the uh, New Hampshire Legends of Hockey and the Hall of Fame when it comes to the Blue Hawks. So uh, our thoughts and uh, dedication to of the children are, are great people. Our, our Blue Hawks and uh, especially Coach Clark. Gentlemen, appreciate you being here today. Always a pleasure. Uh, on behalf of Coach Jim Tufts and Coach Bill Taylor. I'm Sherm Chester, inviting you to join us for the next edition of the Seaco Sports Forum.